This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolf, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode 11. There's this standard cultural assumption that you're either good at sex or you're not. But the truth is, sex is something we all need to practice, and we don't always get it right the first time. On this cringe-tastic episode of the podcast, I'm talking with my friend Gabriel about the times in our lives when things have gone wrong in the bedroom and how we manage to bounce back. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a Melbourne writer, sexual adventurer and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup. And by that, I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating amazing sex and walking away feeling good about yourself. This episode, I have a question for you. What's your sex disaster story? When it comes to fucking up at fucking, I reckon we've all done it, even if we're afraid to admit it. This episode, I'm joined by Gabriel. He's a friend of mine who's had his fair share of disasters and together we're going to swap a few stories and work out if it's possible to recover from a crushing sexual experience. Hey, Gabriel. G'day, Georgie. Good evening. Thank you so much for coming in for this chat. Pleasure. We haven't met in person before. We've only talked on the internet and we've talked on the phone phone. and now you're sitting like right on the edge of my bed and I'm like, (laughs) yes, welcome to the the uh the sex den slash studio it's good to be here <laughs> it's good yep it's suitably comfortable this very is comfortable very, very fluffy it's a cool mattress it's very good so can you tell us a little bit about yourself yeah um i'm gabriel i'm a terrorism researcher and game writer holy shit yeah um uh, <laughs> those are my interesting qualities i'm monogamish i guess would be the term for it slightly um, open slightly open yeah with, with good communication so mm. um I think those are the sort of salient and interesting points about myself. You mentioned terrorism researcher on the phone, but you mm. did not mention that you write games as well. I do. Those two would just dovetail together so in such an interesting way. I am writing a game at the moment which does have a lot of sort of terrorist activity in it, and so it's fun to sort of apply what I've learned and transfer it to fantasy realms. Oh, I'm so sad that isn't the topic for this particular podcast because, <laughs> we'll man, right, right, I'll try and work it in somehow in some way that's not horribly offensive. Right. Look, I mean, one of the things that I'm always talking about is how much I fuck up and I think that everyone does. Like, oh, my God, do we all we all get it wrong from time to time, right? So um, this episode is sort of about maybe sharing some of the stories um, where we have got it wrong and maybe some of the ways that we've managed to survive or bounce back or learn from it. Tell us your sex disaster story. Oh, okay. Um, so this is one that's about 10 years old. Um, there is no expiry date on sex on, disaster stories. Nor on the shame that comes with them. Nor on the shame that comes with them. Uh, so this is about this is about 10 years ago. Um, this is my first serious long-term relationship just out of high school. Um I was very gung-ho to be in a non-monogamous relationship. I thought that's what I really needed at the time. Um, so you're just starting out on this, just learning how to just, do it, basically? Just, uh, exactly. Um, now, is it, sorry. Is it yeah. worth, like, I mean, I, this is we've talked about non-monogamy before, but is it worth going, hey, like, what's non-monogamy exactly? Absolutely. Well, I could probably best to start with what we thought non-monogamy was <laughs> oh, then. Oh, great. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
which was basically go and fuck a lot of people. As many people as possible in your spare time. So basically, yeah. yeah. And even in shared time, which was which was part of part of the issue. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we both were just like in the fire of youth and we wanted to enjoy that and go and fuck a lot of people and feel really special and happy and whatever. Um, so that was what non-monogamy meant then. To me now, non-monogamy is a very carefully communicated, um, has a lot of rules, has a lot of negotiated boundaries. Yeah. Right. So, so you set out, you were, you were open, it was yep. glorious, you were yep. off to shag other people. What, yep. what happened? Uh, well, I would say, so I would say uh, at that time, that was when I started to actually develop a chronic illness, um, which kept me out of the game, apart, uh, from, apart from a lot of other things. That's really shit. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And that had a whole lot of attendant sort of like, uh, I'd say like depression, anxiety, all stuff that just kept me sort of quite antisocial. Um, so there became this kind of imbalance in our experience of non-monogamy where rather than have both of us enjoying ourselves and enjoying being out and whatever, um, my partner at the time would definitely still be doing that. Uh, this partner went overseas for about three or four months. Um, and while they were overseas, they had a threesome with one of the people they were traveling with and that person's partner. And that was the first thing they told me about when they got home. And as a, what was I then, 19, 20, uh, 20-year-old. Hashtag FOMO. Hashtag FOMO. All I wanted was a threesome in the entire world. All and, we ever want. I, I don't want to speak for too many people, but fuck yeah. Like, fuck yeah. So many of us, we just want a fucking threesome. We just want a fucking threesome. And didn't happen to me. Aww. So that's not the sex disaster. Uh, that is a sad story. Home. It's pretty sad. But anyway, so... A few months later, I find myself at a party and I hit it off with someone at the party. Someone else, I have quite a crush on at the party who's hit it off with someone else. But the four of us end up going to a bedroom together. And I'm like, wow, I have passed right over threesomes. I'm in foursome group territory sex now. Department. Proper group sex. Yeah. Um, About to get you a group sex fucking uh, card punched. I, yep. I don't Can even get, know get, if that's an expression. Get my, get my badge. Get your badge. Um, yep. And... I just couldn't get it up. Mm. Um, There's all sorts of fun stuff going on, but when it's time to actually, like, do the very heteronormative, (laughs) like, going to do the sex now, um, just couldn't couldn't participate. It just wasn't Um, happening. It wasn't happening. Well, I I should say, so what actually happened was I rolled on the condom Mm -hmm. to have the sex Uh safely, and that's when everything sort of wilted a bit. Oh, the um, last possible moment. At the last crucial moment, um, everything kind of deflated. And, oh, God, the horror of it, the shame of it. I mean... Well, the pressure. So many people pressure, looking at you. My God. Looking. And to be honest, they didn't react great. Like, what I, happened? I was, what did they do? It was suggested that we better... If I wasn't going to participate, then I should vacate oh and, my and God. You know, leave the room for people who were That's maybe stop, awful. stop bringing people down, stop making them sad. I don't know. But so they, they pretty much said, you've lost your erection, now yeah. you need to go. Yeah. Uh, as though your dick was the only bit of you that, that was, was important that was in the entire transaction, in yeah. which is really shitty. But this is a thing that happens, right? Like, oh, your dick's not working. Oh, well, you're no longer, you're no longer worth anything to us in this situation. Yeah. Oh. 
So oh, that's horrible. My dick had really let me down there, um, and especially when it had all this whole like emotional thing riding on it of like, hey, I'm someone who can have group sex too, can participate. It's like someone waving a really big like cake under your nose and then snatching it away, snatching and going, it away. no, and. For everyone else, and but it's not all your for you. fault, and it's your f- exactly. Wow. So, how were you feeling at this point? I was like, feeling awful. Post ejection from the bedroom, and I actually realised, for the weirdest reason, that this actually took place on the day before Christmas Eve. Oh my god! Because it was the last time I ever went to church with my family on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I went there. I had a massive freak out because you were so upset by the I just whole had a, thing. A whole lot of feelings that just sort of like really struck me, and you couldn't even the tell day. them. I imagine about it. No. I didn't even. I didn't even know if I had fully. Pro- I think it was like a few years of processing to be like, what really did go wrong there? So this was um, really affecting. You came away the next day. You had a massive panic attack, yeah. and then you spent the next few years wondering what had gone wrong. Basically, yeah. Well, well, because then there's more. Oh, okay. Continue on. I'm listening. So a similar circumstance. So this still with this partner. Mm-hmm. New Year's Eve that same year. They come to New Year's Eve party with the two people that they had their threesome with overseas. So your partner and the two people that your partner had a threesome with and yep. they all came, they all came and you were the... hanging out together? Yep. Um, and it turned very quickly to sex. And I was like, okay, head in the game. So now you're about to have a foursome have with foursome. your partner and the two people they yep. had a threesome with on holidays. And I'm like, look. Even at the time, I think I was like, this is not the healthiest way of looking at it, but there is a level of vindication that you can experience right now. Just you fix can it. feel better about yourself. You can be like, I get to have threesomes or foursomes. I get to, like, my dick will work. Yeah, yeah. And, that last time was an isolated people. incident. Exactly. Right. First um, time, first time jitters, it's going to be fine now. Yeah. So you were pretty keen to get that happening. I was keen to get that happening. For a whole load of reasons. Indeed. And I was doing fine. Everything. So uh, everything's, it, everything's, you know, yep. working. Um, comes time again for the PIV sex. Mm-hmm. Roll on a condom, which mm-hmm. I think some listeners may be freaking out at this point. That There's two instances where I've said only <laughs> protection is only applied at the point of penetrative sex, not like with all the other fun stuff that we were doing. Which well, was you know, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, around threesomes and group sex, which we did actually cover in an earlier episode, how to do safer sex how very few of us know how to do safer sex properly for threesomes, but let's not digress. Let me tell you, you know. <laughs> so I rolled on the condom and once again, wilted. Ah. And, oh, I'm seeing not a pattern a good feeling. here. I'm seeing a pattern here too, although I didn't for some time. So, so again, you sort of came away from that. And what were your thoughts after that happened? Um, not, they weren't great. Um, I was very sad. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say about the actual like thought process. I just know that I felt very sad. I felt very bad about myself. I thought it was an absolute sex disaster. Were they? Did they kick you out that time? Too? They did not kick me out, but I did choose exile. You know, yeah. over sitting in the corner, sort of thing. Yeah. So you took yourself off, and then yep. you're, you're sitting alone, going, "It's happened again." It's happened again. And I think that's coloured a lot of sexual experience. Actually, it did colour a lot of sexual experience because I'm like, I can't be trusted to perform when required and so I actually ended up I I can think of several like dates I went on where I basically self-sabotaged and just went I have to go home now (laughs) because I'd rather just like bail on the date than risk it um I know that we said that we'd have a bit of a giggle and stuff but actually I've got a little tear in my eye because the idea that like the idea that the only thing that's worthy about you is you being able to get an erection 
yeah. is really fucked and I'm really sorry. And it's mm. not like if you're getting sexy with someone, your dick is not the only thing that's important. If you can't get it up, it doesn't mean you failed. Like that's bullshit. There's so much other stuff you can do. I'm really sorry. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Um, and you're absolutely right. And that's that's definitely something that's come out of all this, you know, years, unfortunately, later is like, God damn, there's so many more ways to have fun. So it's a way of like right? communicating and finding people who are down to have more interesting fun. You but know? it takes a while to work that out because we yeah. think that that sex is PIV for hetero people anyway. Mm. If you're doing the hetero thing, it's like totally, you know, penis vagina stuff and then if that's if that's not working for a whole load of really legit reasons we're just like eh, i don't mm. know let's all let's all go to sleep like <laughs> right yep yeah <laughs> and that's pretty fucked up it's terribly fucked up yeah geez so this affected you for quite quite a long time afterwards like you're saying Absolutely. you got really nervous when you went on dates yep. that it was going to happen again yeah yeah to the point where you started avoiding sex yeah absolutely oh yeah i'm still not laughing still not laughing <laughs> That is a really intense experience. Yeah. Did you know? Did it? What changed for you? Did you find? Did you manage to come back from it? Is it something that still sticks around for you now? Very good question. Um, I did come back from that. I was vindicated and validated uh, by a friend uh-huh. um, or some somewhat like a, a date. Um, I definitely remember. That was one of the key one dates I can remember sort of sabotaging, being like, oh, you know, oh, I'm a bit tired, a bit tired, a bit like, oh, I'll probably just go home. Like, let's stay out. Like, I'm having fun. Like, definitely, let's keep chatting. And I'd love to see it. But, like, let's, I might just call it a date. Anyway, let's not get sexy. On a subsequent date, we did end up sleeping together. We slept together a couple of times. And I think, like, it could, I, it could sort of seemingly could go either way of, like, really hard or not hard at all. Once condom went on. Right. So this was happening not just for threesomes and foursomes, but regular partners, uh, regular dates as well, people you were on dates with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this very clever person um, basically just took a look at my junk and said, I don't think it's meant to look like that. And I said, what are you talking about? She's like, look at it. It's cutting into you, like around the base of the condom. It's cutting. The condom was too small for you. Which I didn't know was a thing. Oh, my God. Because we all assume that the reason uh, guys have trouble getting it up is because they're nervous or stressed, and a lot of the time that's true. But that was not the case for it was you. It's not the case. And I think there's also this whole thing of, like, guys who say, oh, I don't want to wear a condom, you know, like it's too tight or whatever, are just trying to manipulate someone into having condom-free, unprotected what? sex. If a guy tells you that wearing a condom is uncomfortable, they're bullshitting you. But, of course, yeah. that, that's actually not always true and you know none of this stuff is a justification for unsafe sex like but sometimes yeah sometimes they do feel different sometimes they are uncomfortable and in your case if they were a size too small yeah that does sound uncomfortable absolutely and well actually one one side effect of that is either it would cut off blood flow and everything would wilt or i would stay up but the condom would tear yeah because too small. Too small. Yeah. And so it was unsafe sex anyway. I guess to me, I'd internalize this idea that um, that it was a boast. Large size that, condoms. Yeah, that if you said that, oh, condoms don't fit me, you were either manipulating someone 
or you were bragging about something that was like pathetic and, and weak. So, so you're basically vanity sizing. You assume that condoms are vanity what sized. I assume, yeah, and then if you buy absolutely. large ones, they're not any larger. They just say large so you can feel good about your junk. Exactly. Oh, shit. So it took, actually, it took, like, I just didn't believe it. This, this friend, again, um, was, was saying, I think you need to get yourself sized. And I said, that's not a thing. No, <laughs> like, they're all the same. Uh, it no. is. It is. So <laughs> this was someone I'd met sort of maybe twice beforehand. So she drove me to a sex shop and the nice lady at the sex shop and she uh, had a long chat about my junk. Oh, that's While lovely. I just sort of browsed dildos or whatever and oh. let, let them get it. Go I was team. Slightly mortified, but like, okay, I'll allow it. Um, and oh my God, how my life has changed. So. Oh, it's. It is all the difference in the world. And it was that simple and it was just staring me in the face for so long. Um, so for God's sake, if nothing else comes of this podcast, let everyone know that sizing is a thing. And it, it is matters. Just, oh, it can change so much. Yep. I didn't know this until I started working as an escort. And then I found it out because when you're an escort, you have to bring your own condoms yep. to the job. Yep. And then you have to look at someone's junk and decide what size they need. And if you get it wrong, as you've said, if you try and get a regular sized one on a larger bloke, it breaks mm. or it makes them very uncomfortable. Mm. If you put a larger sized one on a regular sized bloke, it slips off halfway mm -hmm. through. Um, so you really, you've got to, you have to size someone up, literally. How did you, how did you develop that skill? Just practice. And in fact, I had times where I went to roll one on and the client went, oh, that's not feeling great. What are you doing? And then I knew that I'd, I'd gotten that one wrong, uh, right? Good communication. Right. <laughs> um, and then obviously the smaller ones you can tell because you go to put them on and then you're like, well, that's really not happening. And then sometimes there are people where you have to reach right into the bottom of your makeup case and pull out the extra large golds, which you oh. can only buy specially from oh. online, the 58 <laughs> centimetre, um, you know, magnum. Yep. And then you go, mate, I pay a lot for these, so I hope you appreciate what's about to happen. <laughs> but I bet they do. <laughs> I bet they do too. But before I did this job, I did not know. I thought that one size fits all, same, yeah. same deal, right? Yeah. And nobody ever told me this stuff. So I can understand how you got to that point. But Jesus Christ, that is a tragedy for it to take so many years. For so you many to realize, years and right? there's two double tragedies um, of, of the foursomes, like so much Missing out. Could have been avoided. So much missing out. Missing out. So many fun Hashtag experiences. FOMO. I mean, I kind of gone off the you know first first ones because they keep me out. But the second yeah, yeah. one. Fuck those guys. Could have, fuck those guys. Don't but kick someone one. out just because they can't get it up. That's asshole behavior. Yeah. I would. Yeah. To find myself in similar circumstances in my late twenties rather than my early twenties. You know, like you just recognize that there's so much more to like sexual experiences. Totally. <sighs> than just hard dicks. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. And any lesbians. Or bisexual people or queer people listening to this are going to be like, well, duh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, as a sex far as sex disaster goes, I think spending three or four years thinking that your dick didn't work. Mm. Oh, geez. How do you how do you feel about it now when you think back? Well, I think it's definitely coloured. It's given me this idea that sex is for other people, which isn't great, you know. And that's really hard to unlearn, even if I've unlearned like the cause of that. So this feeling that you don't deserve sex because yeah. you're not in working order or you're just exactly. not, you know, you're not good enough. Your exactly. body isn't going to. Yeah, that's that's a difficult one to unlearn. Um, that sucks. But like good, well-communicated monogamish behaviour, I think 
help, helps with that. Just what do you gives, mean, like, what? well, it gives you the opportunity to feel desired and like that that you know that you can be like, oh, so it's not just this person. No, it's not just like as I said, like the ability to like hook up with someone and be right. like, man, everything's just working and this just feels great. And yeah. yeah, and if it isn't, you want to have those communication skills so that you can talk to each other and still feel appreciated, or still have them say, look, you know, it's cool. I'm actually still really having a really good time. Let's try this stuff, as opposed to just lying there awkwardly yep. and like hating yourself which is what i did a lot when i was in my 20s the mm-hmm. sex would be bad i'd fuck up or they'd fuck up we'd both fuck up and then we'd both just lie there and go that was a terrible mistake but neither of us could talk to each other about it yeah so definitely like a bit older getting a bit older and not being afraid of actually talking has helped so much around yeah, that stuff absolutely right sometimes even if a guy i was with couldn't get it up and then i didn't you know like, I'm not an asshole. I wouldn't be like, I hate you, you get out. Um, although I know that sometimes happens and it's fucked. Um, but also I wouldn't have had the words to say, hey, like, it's actually cool. Like, do you want to watch Netflix or do you want to do something else? Do you want to, like, give me a back rub? Like, I just didn't have the ability to do that. So then it yep. was like cute, awkward fucking silence. Yep. Um, and to be honest, I know before we started taping this, I was I was talking about how I don't remember a lot of my embarrassing experiences from my 20s and I think that, I could be repressing them. Mm-hmm. But talking about it, I think that the worst sex disasters for me were the times when it just didn't work very well or the times when my partner was clearly a little uncomfortable or I was and not, none of us could talk about it. And so we just we just lay there and tried not to look at each other and that long, awkward, drawn-out, like, silence where no one can actually go, hey, so this is fucking awkward, isn't oh, it? Oh, I can feel <laughs> it. Yeah, that would be my that – would, that would be peak – sex disaster for me almost almost Almost. i got a couple of other stories up my sleeve please but i guess like that from listening to what you've talked what you've talked about it's really brought up for me the way that when stuff goes wrong during sex for us we tend to just always blame ourselves something that goes wrong and we go oh it must be because i'm shit it must be because there's something wrong with my body or there's something wrong with me even when it's something as simple as oh you had the wrong size condom or I was having a bad day, or actually the person I'm with is horrible, Um, we still blame ourselves no matter what. It's like the default position, I'm shit, especially when it comes to sex. So that was really coming through for me when you told that story. (laughs) You know, we're just really fucking good at blaming ourselves. Of course, sometimes it is our fault. (laughs) You've got to be aware of that. And in fact, the the excruciatingly embarrassing experiences that I'm about to share were my fault. So a lot of um, when I sat down to think about my sex disasters, for me, the ones where I feel like so much embarrassment and shame, um, it's usually been times when I was pretending to know more than I did and particularly around kink stuff. So when I was about 20, 19 or 20, I was going to this kink club in Sydney called the Sydney Hellfire Club and it was great great people but I was 19 I didn't know what the fuck I was doing right I was just making it up as I went along and I met this really hot chick woman person who was great (laughs) and uh, first girl that I'd ever slept with and I was beside myself because I thought that maybe I was into women I wasn't sure and I met this person and they were amazing and then she goes do you want to come back to my house and I'm like oh my god and so we got back there and then she said oh you know so, like, you know, how much kink have you done? Because I think I might be into that. You know, I'd, I'd like to experiment. And what I should have said is, look, like, yeah, I'm into that too, but I haven't done tons of it. So let's, like, just talk about what you're actually thinking of. Um, but what I said was, oh, yeah, I'm, I know all about that. 
<laughs> and then she's like, oh, oh, well, you know, do something to me. I'm really excited by this. And, and I was, you know, right, I got to step up. So what I did was we were in her bedroom and I was like, right. And I puffed my chest out like you do when you're trying to be all dominant. And you can always tell a beginner dominant who's into kink because they overperform. They're like, I am going to be dominant now and I will dominate you, which is pretty much what I said. And then I shoved her and she, um, you know, fell backwards and hit her head oh God. on the wall. <laughs> because when you shove someone over, when you're being all dominant and shit, it's a really good idea to check behind them and make sure that there's nothing that might injure them should you shove them backwards into something. So that was really embarrassing. We had to stop everything because she hit her head quite badly. Um, I sat there. I went, are you, are you okay? She'd taken a knock on the head. And then just the, the excruciating sense of embarrassment from being caught out because clearly I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> and, and, you know, this was a long time ago now. We're talking 20 years. 20? No, 15? Something like that. Um, and I, I still feel that. Oh. Deep, excruciating, cringing embarrassment, yep. right? Uh, and and for me, that was about pretending to know more than I did, yep. being afraid to admit that I didn't know. And I feel like that's often a thing that causes us to get into some sex disaster situations. What about you? Were there any other stories for you that came up um, thinking about sex disaster stuff? Um, any times where you felt the, you know, the cringe? Yeah, um, I've got one about communication. Please. Um, doubly, it's like a double communication bill. You'll see it works on different levels. I'm intrigued. Okay, so this is a couple of years after the most after the previous one. So this is this is I'm about 22. So this was before you'd solved the mystery of the, the tight condom. Yep. So you're still in that zone of oh my god. My body doesn't always do what I want it to do. This is really hard. Yeah, yeah well, it wasn't. Or yes, <laughs> metaphorically hard, but Indeed. not not physically hard. So I was twenty two. I was staying by myself in rural Turkey. Mm. Um, I had been somewhat adopted by the um, owner of the hotel that I was staying in, who I've been back several times since then. I mean, I think one of the takeaways from this story is how. It, Incredibly good the service that this hotel was. So, well, another thing to be aware of is that Turkey has very firm blocks on a lot of like pornography and so on. Yeah. So you'll try and find any kind of pornography and you'll just get this like blank message in Turkish, which I sort of know what it means. I was trying to find a lot of porn and failing, but I don't know whether this prompted him to try and help me or whether. He just took a bottle himself. Anyway, maybe but he just had a sixth sense. Just that a sixth you sense for like this sort of thing. So, super. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe just saw that I was like in my room a lot. Maybe you just <laughs> saw the, the crazed sort of like sex desperation on the your face. Sex I, know, my I know eye. I get like that sometimes. People who know me know the sex glint. This week's been hard. Yeah. People have been crossing the street. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm half joking. Um, so uh, I was, I had, a, I had a horse ride, like a trail ride booked uh, later that day. but just, I was Again, sort of, if this is going in a sexy direction, I'm just not, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Safe for general consumption. Oh, thank God. Um, so I, I come out into the sort of courtyard area of the hotel. He's there, uh, and a very well-dressed older woman is mm -hmm. there with him. Did you say older woman? Yes. Yeah. And he says, oh, oh Gabriel, like, come sit 
have a seat. So, okay. So he introduces me to this woman. Um, she speaks Russian and Turkish. Um, I speak none of those languages. So he translates for us. And from what he says, um, I, I mean, I just got the impression that she was a guest at the hotel. I don't think I had any reason to think otherwise. She he was, was sitting in the courtyard. Make friends. I thought he just wanted me to meet this other guest. I mean, mm. it's, it was a fairly sort of sociable spot. So I'd met all the other guests. So I said, yeah, okay. So I sat down. He introduced her. He said, oh, she's, she's from Russia. Um, do you speak any Russian? And I looked at her and went, oh, yet. And she just kind of coolly gazed at me and looked away. <laughs> I went, oh, that was a, that failed. Um, and then he said, oh, and she's, um, she's from Central Asia initially. Um, that's where, and he says, that's where the, the Turks are from initially i said oh like i'm a history nerd so i was like oh man i've been yeah i've been reading this book about it it's so interesting and i said oh you know ask her ask her about like history of central asia and stuff and (laughs) she just sort of said something dismissive in russian and he translated i don't think exactly what she said not not happening basically yeah exactly and then he said uh now do you to this to this day I don't remember exactly what it was. It was either, do you mind she go back to room? Which is what I choose to believe, he said. He may have said, do you want she go back to room? And I filled in the blank. But the lack of an article in front of room meant I thought he meant, do you mind if she goes back to her room? Like, her she's room. a guest at the hotel and she said something to him. She's like, leaving I'm going to go now. And he's like, oh, she, he's translating that she's excusing herself from the conversation. Yeah. I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I could. So... He and she talk a bit more. And then he says, ah, you have a horse ride in half an hour. She does not think half an hour will be enough. Enough enough for what? And suddenly I'm having to parse the entire conversation that we've just had back with possibly new information. You could have been doing double entendres the whole time. Who knows what I said, especially translated through like English to Turkish to Russian. Um, So he was basically trying to set you up. He was setting me up. I said... Just like panicking, which is like, oh, um, it, uh, no, like horse, I need more than half an hour. So better not, I guess. But this is why I say the horse ride was the wholesome part. <laughs> because I would absolutely have gone through with it out of shame. Well, not out of, like, you know, just out of like embarrassment. Like, oh, well, I did say, oh, like, I'm I didn't I'm know I was saying yes to it, to but sex. I did say yes. And I don't want to get a reputation as like a welcher. Yeah, so, yeah, you better just put out, oh, geez. Just put out. And yeah. I just, I just know me and i know that i would have you would have had sex with someone you weren't keen on just to be polite yeah i think that is simultaneously endearing and also uh don't do that yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) know thyself good communication which as i said i told you it works on different levels because i didn't communicate my wishes but also there was that language barrier that just tricky um... (laughs) yeah yeah so you said no i have a horse ride and horse riding is very important to me so i can't we can't do the dirty Yeah. Via your translator. Yeah. And and then she... Slash conservative Muslim, you know, surrogate father. Did you look disappointed? No. no. Maybe just neutral. Maybe he was spending as much time convincing her um, that, as he was convincing you that you two should hook up. Quite possibly. Oh, oh so many good intentions on all sides and just not... Just didn't mm. come off. Anyway, it was a very good horse ride, though. I had a nice time. It's <laughs> <laughs> all the... Yeah. So that's a, that's a, I would term that an almost accidentally having sex disaster. 
Mm. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, so the horse, yeah, the horse ride spared me from an actual sex disaster. I do remember once I was hanging out with a house full of my friends in my twenties, and we we were pretty wild, and we were all fucking wasted. <laughs> and my friend, one of my dude friends, came up to me and said something unintelligible um, that I thought was, "Do you mind if we have a chat, or do you want to?" hang out or something and I'm like yeah man totally like I'm chill like I'm in a happy mood I'm wasted he's like okay but I'd better just go and ask my girlfriend first I said okay why do you have to ask your girlfriend I don't understand so then I followed him through the house his girlfriend was in the hot tub with another one of my friends because that's the shit we got up to when I was in my 20s and then he said oh so I was just talking to Georgie and you know we thought maybe we might nip upstairs to my bedroom for a a little while and I'm just checking that's okay with you and behind him my face is just like no 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 no. that's not what I agree no I didn't say yes to that did I like speak up man I'm pretty sure that's not is that what you said I just really like I am drunk like my sense of hearing goes to shit when I'm drunk so they were watching my face change behind him as he explained the situation and then I I just had to do it and I, I didn't I was very polite in those days as well but not so polite that I was going to have sex with him out of politeness so I went uh, I have misunderstood the situation or something, but I was so embarrassed having to do that. I was, I was so embarrassed having to go, I'm so sorry. I, th- I thought you were saying something else. I thought we were going to go get a snack from the kitchen. I thought we were going to talk about our childhoods. I don't know. And then I just got the fuck out of there. Um, uh, but I just, it had to be done. Uh, Absolutely. And good on you for like, yeah, doing that. Like, it's the kind Being of thing. polite, but not that polite. I don't even know what came out of my mouth, to be honest. I was so drunk. But these days, <laughs> I'd find it easy. I'd go, oh, <laughs> we've we've got now wires crossed. I'm so sorry. No, it's it's a no. But back then, having to say no to someone, mm. having to say no to sex, particularly to a friend, particularly in front of my friend's girlfriend and my other friend's girlfriend, and they're all naked in the hot tub and they're looking at me like, fuck, it was so fucking awkward. So awkward. <laughs> Oh, thank you. You're helping me remind. You're helping remind me all this of up. all these yeah. incidences, right? Well, you you were asking earlier. You know, like we were talking about this, and I'm just as we were sitting there, I was going, "Oh God, oh God, there's another one." There's more. There's, there's more. more. Yeah. They're coming up. Once you start digging around in that fucking memory hole, yeah. it just it all comes up. But would, would you like another one? And this, like, you can edit it out, but it's there if you want it. Yes. You- Let's have another one. I I think we should have another one. Sure. I, I love your stories. Give, yeah, give I mean, me another just, embarrassing just, incident. Exactly. This is <laughs> therapy. Talk about this stuff forever. <laughs> Go for it. Um, I slept with someone. This was just after I got back from that turkey trip. So you managed to pack a lot of embarrassing experiences into one time period. That was a harrowing time <laughs> in my life. The more we're talking, the more I'm realising. Yeah, so I had talked to this person while I was overseas, while I was in Turkey, um, and we'd been like pretty heavy flirting. Um, and... When I got back, we, we got together. Okay, so it could be a bit graphic, but we're all oh, adults. Oh, look, that's what this shit is all about. <laughs> um, At least it's not actually, no, a sexual think... story involving a horse, because that's where I thought we were going that's before. That's where we thought we were going the last one. I'm glad I spared <laughs> you that. But there was some, basically during that part of sex, some tearing occurred oh. for her. Oh. Um, were you the, using in lube? The, in the betweeny bit. Oh, that's not fun. Not, no, not in, like just, just on the... What do you call it? The, the perineum. The per- yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the bit, the bit between your vag and your. The usually butthole. fun bit. Yeah. Um, had some tearing, and there was like blood and all oh. sorts of things. I was like, oh god, I was horrified. I felt awful for her, and 
that I had caused it and it was just a horrible, horrible feeling. I was so old. So I said, and I like, I, we'd like doing some butt stuff and it was very near the butt. So I said, look, I really think that you sh- we should like clean it. Like that's why I went and I'm like, this person who I, first time actually meeting them. We talked online, but like first time meeting them. No, you're so I'm trying to like first clean, clean them off. And then the I'm like, snatch. we should put some, some like. No. <laughs> no, no, you didn't dissolve their vag, did you? I did. Oh, no, no. Well, I dissolved their, no. their perineum. Oh, my um, God. And there was a lot of screaming. Screaming. Um, <laughs> and whether so I thought that I was just, like, helping, like, oh, no. empathy or whether I was like, oh, well, I did, we did, like, I should wash off properly after, like, butt stuff. So I applied some to my junk no, as well. Maybe no, just get in the spirit. No, no, death hole on your junk. <laughs> so we're Holy both shit. just howling and howling oh, um, fuck. In, in pain. And incredibly, that was a friendship that lasted quite a long time. Because trauma bonding. Trauma bonding. <laughs> Not a lot of sex after that point, but friendship. Oh so. my goodness. I've sustained some tears in the veg region before. And yeah, like they hurt. It's not great, but, but oh my god, no, no death hole on your junk at any point. <laughs> oh, yeah. As far as sex disasters go, like that's the funniest one you've told so far. But I'm glad. also, like, I'm just, I'm feeling it. Mm. I'm feeling it right, mm. right here. Yep. <laughs> oh. So I guess as a broader sort of question, like you know, what what do you think are the skills? Like, what's the stuff that's gotten you through this? And it's sounding like from the first story. Um, what got you through was having the good fortune to run into someone who knew a little bit more about sex ed than you. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think what what would have helped me get through is decent sex ed. Right. Someone pointing out that there were more than one size I, of condom. Almost all the stories. Maybe not the second, but almost all these stories, decent sex ed would have helped in, in just every one of those instances. I would really love... For someone to point out to people, but particularly dudes, that not having a hard-on isn't a huge failure. Absolutely. Um, and also that sometimes when you do do new stuff, like threesomes or foursomes, you do have trouble in that department because it's yeah. nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking. And that's not the reason pressure, you yeah. did, but mm-hmm. I think it's good for people to know, right, rather yeah. than just I'm a failure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so better sexual communication, super important for all of that. Um, I think as we talked about before, just like being aware that there are so many ways to have sex and yeah, rather than being like, oh, don't have an erection, sex is over. It's like, don't have an erection, how exciting. So many new, like this has just right? opened up new pathways. There's all this stuff that we Let's can explore. Let's talk about the stuff Let's, we can do instead. Exactly. And that's just, you know, rather than breeding failure, you can breed creativity with that sort of thing. So I think... I'm in a better place. I think I know people who are also in a better place. I think this naturally comes with age. It does. But it would be great if we talked about it with people who are younger so they right. don't have to wait to figure that stuff out. Like a um, decade of, of me fucking up, I wish I could have skipped that shit. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like the thing for me that was the major problem was that sort of you only do sex one way and that way is pretending everything's fine. And uh, and, and for you it's sex is PIV and you just have to do it and pretend everything's fine. And for me it was, um, oh, I'm kinky, therefore I have to pretend I know what I'm doing. And we're not allowed to stop and go, oh, shit, this 
this isn't working out quite the way I planned. Can we talk about this? It's like you're doing, you're either doing the thing and you're doing it how it's supposed to be done or you're a fucking failure. Like Absolutely. there's no room in between. Yeah. And that kind of sucks. It really sucks. And there's no room for like, talked about communication, you know, there's just, we both got, we have this standard, whether it's kink, whether it's like heteronormativity, we have a standard that we have to meet and we're not going to discuss it because we all know that we have to be at that standard. Right. There's no, there's no room to be like, let's, let's figure some stuff out. Let's. And even if we don't know what the standard is, we're still like, <laughs> we're pursuing shit, it, yeah. there, there must be one proper way of doing this. So I'm just going to pretend I know what that way is and hope no one calls me on it. And yep. that's a lot of pressure. Yep. Like that can really suck the joy out of a situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wish I'd known. And I wish I'd known not to just automatically blame myself. Although, to be honest, there were some times when I really, really was my fault. But then also to go, hey, well, I didn't know. And maybe if I just admitted that I didn't know, it would have been okay. As opposed to going, oh, well, that went wrong because I'm shit and I'm shit at sex. And, you know, I basically suck. To go, hey, like maybe, uh, maybe it was okay. Maybe it was okay that I accidentally injured someone during sex because I didn't know and I'm not going to do that again or maybe it's okay that you didn't know there was more than one size of condom because no one ever like told you and now you know exactly um like you know none of this stuff arrives magically right absolutely sorry that was my little rant (laughs) (laughs) and uh and with regards to putting Dettol on Mm. someone's vagina what what do you think is the key skill I really thought you're gonna be like what God's name possessed you to do that. Good God, man. <laughs> Sorry, what was the actual question? I don't know. Like, what's what's the key life skill that Ooh. ensures you don't put dead all on someone's vagina? I feel like maybe with something we just try occasionally and then learn to never fucking yeah, do again. I think that came from a well-intentioned <laughs> right. place. Um, and maybe, I mean, maybe it helped with tear. I don't know. I'm not very good in the medical department. It, it could only have, like disinfected it although I mean, maybe all that screaming and writhing around would have just made, made it, it worse work. quite right that's not that's not pat me on the back too hard i think a lot of from that story it was the stuff that i was realizing as i was telling it was like wow you no you didn't do that right and you didn't do that right so there's a lot of stuff around like how to do butt stuff and right? like use protection and like if like be aware of like like if someone's tearing and stuff like that it's a possibility don't freak the fuck out that it happens just... but the only way we learn this stuff is by it happening so i kind of feel like that half the time when we're beating ourselves up because this stuff went wrong where we're actually these are the experiences we're supposed to have and i don't mean injuring other people because that's not okay and if you're doing kink you should go do some fucking research first yes. i just mean that like when you try and have a threesome or when you put a condom on for the first time and it's not quite right or when you accidentally get a sex injury like these are not signs that you've failed at sex. These are signs that you're learning because we all have to have them in order to, to learn about them. Absolutely. Like someone might tell you they had a sex disaster and like, yeah, man, whatever. But that time you put Dettol on someone's for JJ, you know, you're never going to do that again, right? Absolutely not. So like maybe beating ourselves up is kind of pointless because we're supposed to do this stuff. We're supposed to fuck up in small ways so that as we you know, go on, we don't fuck up in the big ways. Maybe that, that sounded very profound. I just that was very profound. Up. I thought it was like, I thought it was your closing closing statement. That is very profound. I'd like to say I had it written down on my notes, but I did not. I just made it up. Uh, but yeah, like that, that's kind of where I'm sitting at the moment. Like, yeah, maybe I, maybe we had to make some of these mistakes. Maybe we had to have some of these excruciating situations. Maybe we shouldn't chat up women in Turkey through an interpreter. Um, maybe it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I 
was worried that, you know, maybe sitting here talking this out would open old wounds and maybe put dead all on them. But instead, you know, how therapeutic has this been? We've both oh. sort of learned that, you know, these are mistakes that you make and you, and you get better. And, and you learn. Some of them are necessary. Some of these mistakes are necessary. Some of these experiences, even like opening up your relationship, all those beginner mistakes you're talking about when we started like going out and leaving your partner at home or letting them get uncomfortable yep. like you know we need to do this stuff so that we learn so yeah Absolutely. you're right i feel like strangely optimistic great and not too cringy um thank you so much for talking about this stuff i feel like uh yeah we got some laughs out of that and i we got a tear or two out of that so i'm pretty <laughs> happy um happy with that thank you for having me it's been really good you're, you're really welcome Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. If you want to learn more about this stuff, my book is launching in September. Check out artofthehookup.com for all the details. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think would benefit from hearing this stuff. Spread the word as well as the love, and let's make the world of hookups a better place.